This week's podcast brought to you by Nut Graphs. I introduced our daughter yesterday to Alan Sherman's Hello Mutta, Hello Fada, Here I Am at Camp Granada. She listened to the whole thing, and I said, just listen to the lyrics. I want to, I want you to listen to this whole thing, and she did. All the complaints about being at Camp Granada, and my bunkmates got malaria, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end, wait a minute, it stopped hailing, guys are swimming, guys are sailing, playing baseball, gee, that's better. Mutta Fada, kindly disregard this letter. And at the end of those three or four minutes, our daughter said, wouldn't it be easier to just not send the letter? We're back after a week off, an, an un, unplanned week off. We weren't planning to take last week off. No, but there was... But we just did, there because was, there's a lot, surprisingly a lot going on, considering the kids were on April vacation from school. I was getting ready for the draft. That might have been the reason we took there was, it off. There was an hour on Tuesday morning when we could do it. And right. then you got an unexpected call with... With a coach or a GM or something like the that. The commissioner. Yeah, that's exactly... The commissioner. That's exactly what happened. An unplanned... Unplanned to me. And The and, commissioner, by the way, is your nickname for right. somebody having nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, every year I get home... That's your, your, your supplier of, of pretzel-flavored combos is the commissioner, right? <laughs> no, the cracker-flavored combos. Cracker-flavored. Um, they're not cracker-flavored. They're cracker combos. But anyway, every year I get back from the Final Four... And instead of being able to take like a breath and relax for a minute, I have to jump right into get re- getting ready for the WNBA draft because it's always the following week. It's like 10 days later. And that always coincides with our kids' school break? Every year. Often it coincides with your and my anniversary. This year it wasn't right on our anniversary, but we've had, had it be on our anniversary in years past, but always coincides with the kids' spring break. And um, so I line up all the calls to try to talk to um, coaches and GMs and, and kind of get a feeling for players and, and what they're thinking. And um, and I also, because it's a, a really busy time, usually have like a, my my email inbox is just full. There's hundreds of emails in there. Many I just look and I'm like, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. Well, that describes every email I've ever gotten. Although I don't say I'll get to that later. I, I just, just say, say I'm going to ignore it. Yes. So. Like all the ones from people I recognize, I open, I put in my my new system with folders, especially if it's a Zoom call or whatever. Well, I'd gotten an email that I didn't recognize, and so I didn't open it. And I find out later, because I get a text that Tuesday morning when we had that hour to do the podcast, I get a text and it said, are you joining the call with the commissioner? Like, what call with the commissioner? What are you talking about? So immediately I get on the call. I get on a couple minutes late. And it was with people from the WNBA, including Kathy Engelbert and... Um, Ryan and Holly, LaChina and myself. So I'm like, I'm, I was so thankful that I was available to get on the call because it was a really good call to have. But it didn't come, the email didn't come from her. It didn't come from somebody at ESPN. It came from a random person at the WNBA who I hadn't gotten emails from before. So when I got the email from them, I just hadn't well, yet opened it. Not random to themselves. Not random to them, or but to random their, to me. True. So anyway, so that so that was what happened. Um, will, you, will you do me a favor? Will you start calling me? The commissioner. Yes, I'll start calling you the commissioner, and um, and uh, it, I was a little bit disappointed. I'd gotten myself these these amazing sneakers to wear for the draft. Um, I'd gotten in touch with this girl who does custom shoes, 
and I said, I've never gotten myself a pair of custom shoes. It's the 25th anniversary of the WNBA. I'm going to treat myself to a pair of custom shoes. Do you have some ideas? And she said, I love this. L let me think about it. And so then she sends me like her preliminary idea, which was um, just to get a pair of like clean Nikes. And then um, where the swish is, the swoosh, the swoosh, the swoosh is she was going to cut up a WNBA basketball and use the basketball for the swoosh. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. Yes, please. And so I got myself a pair. And they're they're awesome. They're amazing. They're the coolest looking shoes. I posted them. Um, I think I posted them on either, I think on Twitter or on Instagram. So People love them. They, of course they love them. They're amazing. And, um, and so the, then the key was, all right, well, I've got to get something to wear with them. So I ordered um this like burnt orange jumpsuit and i ordered it in a couple sizes because it was going to hook up beautifully with these shoes because I'm, the the orange on the basketball is like this burnt orange color. I'm, I'm picturing this was like an orange prison jumpsuit no it was this really pretty like jumpsuit it was really nice um collar and it was sleeveless and anyway it was really pretty i was so excited about it i ordered i ordered it in multiple sizes so that when it came in i could wear it i'm i'm planning my entire outfit of course around a pair of sneakers that aren't going to show on air so like a day or maybe two before the draft my um my jumpsuits come in and i take them out of the bag and they are it look even better than i had hoped in terms of how they're going to hook up with the shoes and then I went and tried them on. <laughs> and I've had, I've been lucky that I, I've bought jumpsuits before. And even though I'm extraordinarily tall, like they, I can still make them fit. Um, this one had no chance. Like I could not get the sleeves like over my shoulders. The, the, the length of the torso was not quite right. And so you can just picture in your brain if somebody's trying to put a jumpsuit on. Um, it's like when our kids would try to put on an old Halloween costume and you'd get the, um, <laughs> the interesting look of it in the torso slash crotch area. <laughs> anyway, I put this jumpsuit on and I was just like, this is unbelievable. I can't even, I can't even wear this like sitting. I can't even try to like w wear this knowing that I'm only going to be shown from the waist up behind the desk. Like it was so unbelievably absurd. So for some reason I have in my brain and I may be picturing this wrong, the, uh, like Dutch boy paints, isn't he wearing like bib overalls with shorts? But it wasn't even, you have to understand, it wasn't the length of the trow that okay. was the problem. It was where the trow was trying to <laughs> journey. Yes, I understand. So, so anyway, so that went out the door. I was going to say, say no more, but say even less. Say, exactly. So I ended up, I had a, a pretty orange dress in the closet and I ended up wearing that, but but it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. The, the shoes deserved better than the outfit I gave them. Um, but anyway, so the beauty, though, is that yesterday, and it, I, I got them from a, a site that I've not purchased clothes from before. So yesterday, I go to return the two jumpsuits, neither fit. And, um, you know, for people who have purchased clothes online, they know that oftentimes a, a clothier will ask you to check the box, like, why are you returning this item? too big, too small, it was um, not as advertised, whatever. So I had all of these lists. Actually, I took a picture of it. Let me um, let me tell you some of the exact 
um, boxes you can check. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. There's eight of them. Item is damaged. Received wrong item. Need a larger size, need a smaller size. Color not as expected. Design style not as expected. Quality not as expected. And then my favorite, the last one, item is too sexy. <laughs> So of course I um, check that. I check that because whatever the opposite of sexy is is what this jumpsuit was when it was draped on my body, <laughs> and I brought them um, yesterday and, and shipped them the items that were just too sexy. I shipped them back. And if I know Denny, he has just played right said Fred, um, but I just want to recap because you said this was you were returning these to your. Clothier? The clothier, yes. Your clothier. Not my clothier, it's just a clothier. A clothier. Yes. A clothier. <laughs> and see, this is where... I, who is your clothier? Oh, it, it's... Uh, have you heard of Thomas Joseph Max? <laughs> this is... You know what? That's the thing. When I go to TJ Maxx, and I've gotten jumpsuits at TJ Maxx, and they fit me. They fit me. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in TJ Maxx. Of but course, I think that's I've talked why, that's about why this before because things that end up there are we, things that didn't fit other course. people. That's why, and that's, so it fits me. That's why your jumpsuit ended up at TJ Maxx. Right, exactly. Because who has a torso that long? Nobody. Well, I do. And so it fits me. So, yes, it, it, that's exactly right. And um, so Tors anyway. Torso Jumpsuit Max is his full name <laughs> of your clothier. It would have to be. This is where I wish I had a commissioner who I could then just like say, these didn't fit. Can you, you know, go to the return website? Return these to the clothier? Yeah. Can you return these to the clothier and point at the door? So the, the little Dutch boy in Dutch boy paints, by the way, is wearing full bib overalls. Uh, the uh, But they're sort of uh, overall cap capri overalls. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. They sort of come to shin level. So um, I was I was half right. It, well, I've sort of buried the lead, although that may have been the lead. But there is a well. Is there a secondary lead? What do you guys call sure. that? Nut the, graph. The what? The nut graph. Seriously? There's something called a nut graph. Yes. There's you something know? called a nut graph. You've never heard of this in journalism? The nut graph. No, I it's don't think of, most of our listeners will have heard it, of the nut graph. Well, I, I'm sure they're trying to <clears throat> unhear of it now. Well, it's it's it's. If you had tried on my jumpsuit. That would be the nut graph. And then yes. now I will go into the lead. So I get home from the final four. And then um, that coming weekend, I got to coach uh, our son, his travel team and his AAU team in their like league championships. And his travel team won the league championship. The AAU team, we lost, I think, by one point. Um, and uh, anyway, it was an exciting weekend of coaching basketball. And one of his teammates on his AAU team was going to Florida for um, for April vacation with his mom and, uh, and and siblings, and he had convinced his mother to wait until Sunday night to fly down to Florida because he did not want to miss our championship game. I mean, I I, I love this kid. Um, I. I couldn't believe that he he was willing to delay his vacation. She was willing to delay their vacation because he so desperately wanted to be with his teammates in their championship weekend. So their flight gets delayed. Um, he, he, we, you and I, live 
quite near the airport. So um, when his mom told me that their flight was delayed there at the airport, I said, why don't you come over, let the, the kids can shoot hoops in the driveway, we can order some pizza, and then I'll bring you back to the airport. So that's what happened. They come to our house, the kids get to um, shoot hoops for a little bit, we have some pizza, I drive them back to the airport. I'm just setting the stage. This really has nothing to do with the, the story. But um, dropped him at the airport, and as I'm driving away, our 16-year-old our is with me, as I'm driving away, I don't know why, I'm not going fast, I'm not distracted, but I bump into the curb at the airport. And when I, both the, on the pass, I mean on the driver's side, as soon as I bump into the curb on with the front um, driver's side tire and the rear driver's side tire, our dashboard lights up, low air pressure on all four tires. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. Have I really just, I've never blown a tire in my life. I'm like, I think I must just blew the tire. But we're going down this ramp. I'm trying to navigate a place to pull over that's safe. And I'm telling our daughter who's got her driver's permit, but not her license. I'm telling her I'm not pulling over yet because there's nowhere safe to pull over. So eventually when I hear the front tire, like flap, flap, flapping, I, I find a place that's safe to pull over still on the airport property. I get out of the car front tire completely flat and I go to the back tire and it's not flat but I hear so of course it's like I don't know what time was it like eight at night or something I call AAA and the woman said all right we'll send out somebody to change your tire I said well I don't know that that's going to work because I think both of my tires are a problem I said my front tire is definitely dead and I said hold on a second I walk to the back and I just hear like so yeah, this isn't gonna, I can't just have one tire change. And she's like, all right, we'll send out the flatbed. So waited at the airport. You came to join us because... Um, Solidarity. And AAA can no longer drop you off at your home because of COVID. So you come, join us for 45 or 50 minutes. Cars departing the airport are flying around. Flying the around. At speed. Yeah. Feet from us. And uh, until... Two cars with their hazards on. One of them clearly has flat tires on the left side and is lean listing like a, it's a uh, minivan that's like leaning left it's, it's listing like a like a sinking <laughs> ship and but I, I when i pulled over and looked at our 16 year old after we'd found a safe place to stop i just looked at her and we both started laughing because it was so absurd like did i really just do this did this really just happen like what a nuisance but it was completely my fault no one else's fault but mine and she said to me, she's like, I am so glad it wasn't me driving. <laughs> I said, so am I. So am I. And uh, so are you. So, but the, the bright side of it all is AAA towed our car, to towed my van to the dealership. And I was overdue anyway for a tune-up and an oil change. And so I called and left a message that night and said, you know, my car is being towed in like seven the next morning. The guy calls me. He said, we've got your car here. He said, last time you came in, we told you you probably needed new tires, that next time you would come, you'd need new tires. And I said, and he's like, we have tires in stock. I said, perfect. Let's put on the new tires that we need. I said, do you have time to do an oil change and a tune-up? Because it needs that too. Because I've been driving around probably for a couple months now with my light saying I need a ser service. Um, and he said, yeah, we can do it. And it was, it was like, perfect. I needed an oil change. I needed new tires. I would have not... I'd rather not have had to um, blow the tires and get it towed in order to have that happen. But there was certainly a a rainbow, right? 
at the end of the uh, and, at the end of whatever. And while we were parked there with the hazards on for forty five minutes or whatever, eventually a pickup truck with the airport commission or whatever logo on it drove by, continued on its way, and sometime after that, a police car pulled up behind us. And uh, oh, good, here comes the uh, help. Help, and got on his PA and said. Not a parking spot. Yeah, he was he was a little aggressive a little with hot. his tone, and um, so I get out because I was sitting in your car at that point to keep warm because it was a cold night. So I got out of the car, like my hands raised because it's it's it was dark outside. So and I couldn't see anything other than his headlights. So I just have my hands up by the side of my head as I walk like towards his car while like trying to point my fingers down at the tires, and at that point he said. Do you have a flat tire? And I just nodded my head like yes, and um, so he came in hot and kind very of nice. angry. But then he could, they could, he couldn't have been more helpful. And the next guy who came, were very yeah, nice. they they couldn't have been more helpful. And initially came in hot, and then um, were helpful once they realized why we were illegally parked on airport property. You said um, at the start of the story that one of your AAU players convinced his mom. Uh, that uh, to stay for the championship game yes and and this is the perfect segue into i don't think we've ever spoken about this on the show convince versus persuade the differences between convince and persuade shall we we i'm certain we've never talked about this have you and i ever talked about this off the air no so instead of calling you the commissioner right now i'm going to call you the professor why don't you tell me and that's our not, audience that's not what, that's what, that's the not difference what, that's, between convince that's not what and persuade? That's not what your your body language is not saying. You're going to call me the professor. Go what, ahead, what did you professor. Want to call me? Then he can bleep go it out. Ahead, go ahead, professor. Why don't you tell us all? <laughs> no, seriously. Well, just what just is like, the difference like, between convince I, I, and let, persuade? Let me, let me get the ladder so I can climb onto this horse here. <laughs> That I used to do when when you and I were dating because oftentimes you would climb onto your high horse, whatever you were talking about. I'm sure you. This was one of the reasons you wanted to marry me because you wouldn't be in the middle of one of your ridiculous, I don't even monologues, and I would just look at you and go, <laughs> "He's on his high horse again." So anyway, professor. So, so I started carrying rain mount your horse and a little and a little uh, horse horse head on a pogo stick. Go ahead, so not my uh, horse. Convince, move somebody uh, to the belief that what you're saying is true. Okay? okay, I don't think that's what you meant in that case. Could have been. D- you're just trying to talk her into staying, right? But 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 in a persuasive oh, way. Oh, well, then, by, then perhaps pers- by saying speaking, like speak- I've made a commitment to this team. I need to right. be there speaking for these guys. Speaking in a guys. persuasive way would be persuading. So, Tom, what's the difference again? Convince and Convince. persuade. You move that person to to believe that what you're saying is true. Persuade is is to move them through your arguments to do what you're asking them to do. They don't necessarily have to believe it's true. They can just. So I would say that in our marriage, off I can I can sometimes persuade you, but I rarely convince you. Like I I get you to at least maybe. I don't know. Um, I haven't. I still haven't gotten you to cut off the crust of the bread first. But I can. I can persuade you to do something, even if if you're not convinced that it's the right way. Would that be fair? No, that's fair. Okay. 
complete non sequitur, as you know, I like to do when, when we're recording the podcast. But um, next time we record a podcast, you will be fully vaxxed. You won't be 14 days past your Knocking second vax, wood, yeah. but you will have gotten your second vaccine. And um, I'm throwing this out there. I, 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 I could be violently ill uh, as we're recording the next podcast. You could be. You shouldn't be, though. You should be well enough past it. But just throwing this out there because I heard, I don't, I, for the life of me, I can't remember where I heard it. It was a girlfriend I was talking with somewhere who had been vaccinated and she was told, do not get your vax card laminated. You know how some people are getting their cards laminated? I, 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 I don't know that that's the case. I've heard that some people so, are. Some people when, are getting when, them. When I got vaccinated, the lady there said that some people say they are taking them to uh, staples and having them laminated. Um, but do not get it laminated. And, and the reason that was passed on to me, again, it was just from a friend, not from a doctor, but that there's a chance in the fall or at some point in the next year that we might need a booster. And therefore, you would want to not have your Vax card laminated because you would need to be able to add that you know, third dose or that next date or whatever. So for what it's worth... Don't get your card laminated after you get now, your second vaccine Now I'm feeling stupid for having gotten my Subway punch card laminated. <laughs> Remember those? Remember them? Don't they still exist? I don't think. I can't imagine that they do. When I was a kid in, in, at school, if you bought, like, my parents would buy a school um, lunch for the month, um, for those of us willing to eat the school lunch, and you'd go through, and that's what they'd do. They'd use the, pun- the one-hole punch yeah. to punch it. That's what I think of when I think of punching a card is my, my meal card at lunch in I have, elementary school. I have several uh, punch cards from Instant Karma Record Shop on Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you get 10 punches. You get like a 10 bucks off your next purchase or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I never have – I'm playing so many different bingo cards that I've never filled one card because every time I go in there, I don't have the card. Right. I just punch, punch a new one. Does he just use a normal... No, it's um, a star punch. Okay. I shouldn't be giving out that proprietary information. Right. Yeah. So. So don't don't laminate that card either. I won't. Well, let's get to viewer mail a little early today because we've got... It, it, is, it, it is voluminous. And we, were, we had promised folks a viewer mail only podcast too, and we never did that. So let's, let's get right into it. Some of these, some of these may be referring to uh, uh, topics that we've already forgotten about. Um, this one, for instance, is 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 about uh, the latest developments in Watergate, which seems like uh, we haven't done a podcast in a very long time. <laughs> what are the latest developments oh, no, in Watergate? This isn't about the latest developments in Watergate. Oh. It's, uh, since you mentioned the Sister Jean bobblehead, this is from the Men's NCAA Tournament, I had to show you the one I pre-ordered last week to add to my other sports-related bobbleheads, including the OG Sister Jean. You can also see how varied she looks, uh, how varied the looks can be. My two Don Staley's don't look at all alike, and the Adam Morrison one I got at a Charlotte Bobcats giveaway looks more like Freddie Prince Sr., as always, love the show. Look forward to it each week. Michelle with one L from Lexington, South Carolina. And this Sister Jean bobblehead, I have to say, is spot on. Look at that, Rebecca. Oh, wow. That's a terrific bobblehead. That's a really good bobblehead. You've had, uh, you've had a bobblehead. I've had a bobblehead. Uh, mine looks nothing like me. Um, mine, I'm, looks I'm kind, mine looks a little like you. <laughs> yours looks a little like me. But, <laughs> Mine's but terrible. Yours looks more like, uh, I think yours is made uh, 
from surplus Tom Seaver bobbleheads. Yes, that's what we decided. And, yeah. and I'm not sure who mine was made from, but uh, I do have a Chicago Fire Major League Soccer bobblehead in my likeness. You have uh, a Connecticut Sun bobblehead in your that's likeness. That's right. And this uh, Sister Jean bobblehead is, is uh, spot on. But look at this bobblehead collection, Rebecca. She's not kidding. That's impressive. I'm going to hand this to you. You can... Uh, we should post this. That is impressive. I don't know who that is on the far far left, but it looks like it could be Nancy Darsh bobblehead. I don't think it is. What, what is what is my bobblehead collection? I, we have we have they're almost exclusively uh, things that have been sent to us. We have an Al Lighter as a Met bobblehead. I've got uh, I've got a, a in my office um, Maddie the Liberty mascot bobblehead. Rebecca, are you paying attention? I am. I've got a uh, a uh, Doug Minkiewicz with the twins blowing a bubble bobblehead. I'm not in my office now, so I can't I can't tell you who else. But thank you, Michelle, with one L. Uh, Tom, still contemplating the switch to T H O M in Sioux Falls. Writes in response to the listener inquiry in podcast number one sixty two. Count me in the camp of those who've listened to every one of your recording sessions. He's a completionist. Okay, Tom. And much like having to read a mystery series in order in order or or watch a TV show from the beginning, I've been there from the start. Keep them coming. Steve loved your reference to frosh cagers. I miss the days of yore when football players were gritters, track athletes were thin-clads, cross-country participants harriers. Your dad knew all about harriers as a cross-country coach, and that was always thin-clads and harriers. Harriers. You don't remember harriers? No, I don't. No, I, I still see that in local papers sometimes. Tennis players netters, and wrestlers grapplers. That's that's so true. Sometimes net men, uh, if there were if there were a male tennis players. Just because it, it, you mentioned wrestlers, now that it's like this is the glorious time of year for me. It's the month between college basketball and WNBA, and um, there's really nothing that I WNBA training camps haven't quite started, so there's nothing that I can be you know digging my teeth into when it comes to my job, which is great. I find myself watching other things. Was it last night or two nights ago? On was it A and E? We watched a two-hour documentary about Andre the oh, Giant. Yes. I didn't watch the whole thing, but you it did. was it was super interesting. I, I loved wrestling when I was a kid, and so Andre the Giant, I, I thought he was you know, I just watched him when I was a kid, and and our ten-year-old even was really into this documentary it was really interesting so if you have a chance to see the andre the giant how i ended up watching an andre the giant documentary oh, I think it was on HBO like a couple of years ago or yeah a year ago or um anyway if you're flipping around and you find it watch it it's good hi Restiva. this is ralph in maryland i've listened to all 163 podcasts i think that makes me a completionist it doesn't another one i will consider it my reward to look for the single serving size bob evans mashed potatoes the next time i shop i thank rebecca for additional background on the weight room controversy and her tweet about backcourt violations i've learned more about backcourt violations in the last week than in the previous 25 years happy anniversary thank you ralph it was our anniversary on what was our anniversary rebecca april 12th correct was that a monday it was the day after you got. It was the day you got back from the. Was the day you got back? No, from the it was the week? following week. Okay, it was the following week. Yeah, that's what I say. Right. <laughs> what did you tweet that uh, our son had said to you? Oh, he texted you. When are you getting back from the final four? He had no idea. Yeah, it was. I was getting back that day, and he, he's like, "You're getting back today or tomorrow?" By the way, I have to admit. So our our anniversary kind of sneaked up on me, and I was out with our youngest daughter, and I said. Um, I said, has dad gotten me something for our anniversary? And she's notorious for not keeping a secret. 
And she said, she said, yes, dad's gotten you something. She said, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. I said, that's fair. I don't want you. I said, I don't want you to tell me what it is. I said, but I said, is it like a big, big thing that, that, um, like took a lot of time and stuff to prepare for? I said, or is it like a smaller, more thoughtful thing? And that's um, not, there's no chance that that's what you said. It is. Did you, and, did you spend a lot of time and money on this or is it something no, he blew off in a half No, hour? I said, or is it like kind of, I said, because I need mm. to get something that's equal. <laughs> this was the day of our anniversary. The day of our anniversary. And she said, she said, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it was, it was more of a thoughtful thing. I said, okay, that's all I need to know. Thank you. So she helped me. Help you select two items in the uh, checkout aisle at TJ Maxx. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes. And I appreciate them. I looked really hard. There was just not much uh, available no to me. <laughs> Understandably, it was the impulse rack at the, uh, the checkout aisle. It was. Hey, Restiva writes, uh, Jackie, Uno, resident dog with one dangling die, formerly wanted to check in and let you know that he caught the Devo reference to his namesake, Whippet. Whippet, W-H-I-P-P-E-T. Remember that, Rebecca? I do. I also wanted to make a clarification from the last time I wrote. I mentioned the toddler as Uno's baby's sister, but it was read apparently by me, as sitter. I just wanted to make sure it was clear that I'm not violating any child work laws by employing a 19-month-old to dog sit, including an updated picture for March Madness. Many treats were sacrificed in an attempt to get a shot of these two in their jerseys. It's not clear, but I can assure you Uno got dibs with a Lobo instead of Wicks. Thanks for potting Jackie Newell, Jackie and Uno. And look at this picture, Rebecca. Uh, it's it's uh, The Wicks should add. You, you, the dibs would be on the Wicks jersey. Well, look at this. So the 19-month-old and the Whippet in their respective uh, Vintage Liberty jerseys. Yes, amazing. Navy blue and seafoam green. The new, there's new WNBA jerseys. Seafoam green, what would a seafoam green sing? Crazy. Oh, that was CeeLo green. There's there's new WNBA jerseys this year. Nike did them three uh, jerseys for each team, and they're really, really beautiful jerseys, just as a aside. They're, They're sweet. Uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, uh, Rebecca got me excited for this uh, Iowa UConn Sweet 16 matchup with the freshman Phenoms. Um, that was now a while ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, near the end of the first half, the camera pan- panned on the Clark's parents, and Rebecca mentioned she could only imagine what it's like to watch her child on the stage. She had tweeted something earlier in the week about how nerve wracking it was watching your daughter's playoff game from the airport. While winter sports didn't start until late January, I would like to know what their take was on the abbreviated high school season, as well as both of yours. As parents, as a parent and teacher, I was thankful for the live stream games of the students, of my students' games. It had been a few years since I've been able to balance parental responsibilities while with going to multiple games. I kind of enjoyed the live stream, not because uh, I don't feel like going to the games, but it's less of the pressure cooker of sitting in a in a gym next to uh, screaming maniacs. But the gym is also less of a pressure cooker because um, in Connecticut, the, the season started late. It was a 12-game season, and only you could only attend a home game and only one one parent. At least that's the way it was at the start of the season. I think by the end of the season, it was two parents, but you could not attend away games. So the kind of the... Um, the energy from the from the sidelines um, and from the bleachers was much different than it would have been. In in some ways, was kind of nice not to have, you know, the opposing parents there yelling and cheering. And um, but I, I I loved it. Our 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 
I was thrilled that the the state of Connecticut figured out a way for the winter sports um, teams, at least the basketball teams, to get somewhat of a season in, and our our daughter certainly enjoyed it. Uh, Finally, I have two questions I thought of while listening this week. Rebecca's PBJ crust opinions aside, I found your takes on parenting reasonable. With four children who have various activities, at what age did you allow them phones? What rules do you have about electronics in general? We held out until middle school with our oldest on the phones. However, due to so much remote learning, our kids have easy access to electronics this year, and our younger children, age nine and six, are certainly pushing boundaries. Um, well, you know, we mentioned our, your son. Our son texted you. It wasn't text. He doesn't have a phone. Uh, the kids haven't gotten phones until. So the kids, the the kids have iPads, and our youngest two have um, iMessage, so that they can send us messages. Um, what we've done for our older two and trying to hold out for the last two, I think we will, is they they go to a elementary school that's K through eight. And when they graduate from eighth grade, that's when they get a cell phone because truly that's the first time that they're really going to need one where they'll be away from us and need to be able to contact us or be in touch. Um, but our youngest two can text us and they can text the group chat as long as there's somewhere that has Wi-Fi, which usually means they're in the house. It's worked pretty well, don't you think? It has. It's, it's, I mean, it's worked for me. But in terms of things slipping during COVID, yes, absolutely. They've been they've had more screen time. Our son oh, has than they, than been they on the should. Xbox yeah. like crazy. So um, we haven't been able to completely rein in. Uh, Debbie uh, writes, uh, she's an original listener for a long time. Thanks for adding so much entertainment and joy to my life. Thank you, Debbie. But she uh, just writes, this is so terrific, Sue Bird and Steph Curry, and she includes a link to the Sue Bird, Steph Curry, CarMax commercial. Oh, Have you seen that, Rebecca? I love that commercial, yes. That's a, it's a great commercial, and um, and it's rare in that it's you know NBA and WNBA sort of uh, together as, uh, you know. Yeah. Totally. You, you know what? I want to go back to that previous yeah. the previous um viewer mail because it mentioned you know how they shown the clark's parents in the stands we had a game later on that had that had texas and charlie collier's mother was in the stands charlie collier who has since um, gone number one in the WNBA draft uh, to the dallas wings she um, her father passed away when she was 16 years old he died i think from liver cancer Um, so her mother was in the stands at the game and i think this was the game where they upset um, was it Maryland? Uh, anyway, there was a point at, she may have been at the free throw line and we cut to the mom and, um, you just see the mom like say to herself, but you could read her lips. It was like, come on baby or something like that. I think it was come on baby girl. And I was sitting there and we showed that on the monitor and I literally had just like started crying. I'm calling the game. I just got these tears in my eyes. And fortunately, I think soon after that, we went to break and I just looked at Ryan and I'm like, I've got tears in my eyes. Like, I can just imagine what it is like for her to be sitting there. Um, You know, they lost, she lost her husband however many years before. She's watching her daughter on the biggest stage in the NCAA tournament, like in this big moment. And it was, um, anyway, it was just so touching and moving and wonderful. And, um, I was so glad, like, of course, when the camera goes to a shot of a parent in the crowd, you have no idea what it's going to capture. And for it to capture that, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if anybody saw that, but it was, I thought, just such a a touching moment in the NCAA tournament. Hi, Stephen Rebecca writes, Ed, our ball and chain resident patent attorney, regarding the use of the hyphenated term UConn in the press, U-C-O-N-N, 
I looked up the more customary Yukon, U-C-O-N-N, at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Well, thank you, Ed, for doing that. <laughs> Yukon is a registered trademark owned by the university. Perhaps, and I'm just speculating here, the Washington Post's use of the hyphenated Yukon is an attempt to use an understandable abbreviation without using someone else's, i.e. the university's, registered trademark. I'm still enjoying the podcast, and yes, I've listened to them all. What do I win? Best regards, Ed. Ed, you win the eternal gratitude of us for for looking this up in the I mean, uh, how phenomenal is that? Office. I mean, we haven't heard from Ed in quite a while, and uh, you know, because we 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 we've had fewer uh, patent disputes than true. in previous podcasts. That's true. So perhaps we 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 can manufacture a patent beef and and then enlist Ed's help on our behalf. Do you think patent beef is a patented form of? Um, hamburger. It, it could be. It was also uh, what General Patton got in, in a lot of those patent beefs with, with uh, others if, if the movie is anything to go by. Uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, count me as a completionist, writes uh, Bob, our simplest of palindromes in Huntersville, North Carolina. I started listening to the ball and or chain at about episode 40, then binge listened from episode one until I caught up. Then came the withdrawal of going from ball and chain on demand to having to wait a week for each new episode. Ball and chain on demand. That's that's like when you turn on the, uh, the the TV in the hotel room, and and that that kind of home screen comes yes. up. Ball and chain on demand. <laughs> Good heavens. Okay. Uh, on another note, twice now during COVID nineteen the pandemic, I have bought stamps at the grocery store. Although the fil- although the philatelic philatelic I, I don't know how to pronounce philately is the is the you know. You're looking at me now with a... Uh, I don't know where you're you, going. You I, to, I can't you know, see it, so I don't know how it's spelled. Although it the philatelic sounds... selection was limited, I'll have to see if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> Please. Philately. Stamp stamp collecting. You know? mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Rebecca, it saved a trip to the post office and minimized my exposure to others. My second dose of the Fauci ouchie is on April 1st. No fooling. Well, he's fully vaccinated now then. And 14 days passed. That's what I'm saying. It's, He's like living what, the life, going to meet other fully vaccinated people without a mask on. While, with, with, while, while talking philately. Yes. What have you done for me? What have you done for me? Oh, never mind. Rebecca and Steve, in response to the viewer mail last week, I, was also, I will also go on record as being, ball and chain, as being a ball and chain completionist. This is George, my monocle, croaky, and, oh, wait, uh, I and, to pause and loop we, dealer. Can we pause before we get to George? And pumpkin dealer. True. Can we pause before and rewind before we sure, get to George? Sure, of course you may. Um, the previous completionist yes. mentioned ball and chain on demand. This made me think, just a few days ago, I was with our youngest, and she has opened our eyes to the wonder of Disney Plus. Um, what's the show called? Uh, the, well, Mighty the Mighty Ducks. Ducks. It's a series. On the, the Mighty, the, Ducks. The Mighty And it's it's. Wonderful. We've watched what four episodes of it. They, they've only been four episodes. We've they, they drop it. on Fridays. They drop on Fridays, and that's what made me think because we've just so enjoyed watching them. And um, I like having to wait for it. And she said, "I just I, I I hate that we have to like wait until Friday." This is what it was like when we were kids. And that's what I said to her. I said, "This is what everything." I said when we were kids, the show would come on, and. You if just you, waited for it. And I said, and if you weren't home and missed it, you, you couldn't go it. back and watch it. You, you could, just you could possibly see it when it reran six yes, months later. Otherwise, it was gone it. forever. Or because we didn't get TV Guide or even worse, you'd wait all week to watch it and something else would be on. There'd be some other special on or some other a sporting event or whatever. Or it's also happened, especially in the fall. I would be waiting all week to watch a show and my dad would say, no, I'm watching the Red Sox game. And you're like, what? Because we only had one television. 
So anyway, I was explaining to her, that's part of the joy of watching it. You've been waiting all week and now it's here. Um, and anyway, the, uh, the Mighty Ducks. Absolutely. Is, it is, it's, it's really, I've really enjoyed it. And it's set, it's set. That in, and Andre the Giant. <laughs> that and Andre the Giant. In response, okay. Um, George in Columbus writes, listening yes. to the podcast has become part of my routine as I make the 20 minute drive from my office to our surgery center every Wednesday afternoon. I usually get to the parking garage about the time viewer mail starts, which allows me to listen to the second half of the podcast on the way home. It's a nice way to relax during the commute, so thanks. I will also occasionally listen to older episodes at home, which prompts me to ask this BNC trivia question after recently listening again to episode number one. That would be a frightening thing to, to listen to. Rebecca. Yes. Over the years, Rebecca has frequently pointed out Steve's tendency to interrupt her during the podcast. Question, how long did, how long did it take in episode one before Steve interrupted Rebecca? He provides the answer. Um, I'll say it was less than five minutes. You're correct. The answer, one second. <laughs> really? Can that possibly be Of course. True? Steve, you managed to interrupt Rebecca as she was uttering her iconic first ever brought to you by in podcast history, which, by the way, was brought to us by Stingray Afternoons. Did Buzz Aldrin pipe up while Mr. Armstrong was telling us about this one small about his one small step? No. But this is the type of interaction that gives your podcast its charm. Keep up the good work, Georgia Columbus. George, thank you. Thank you for all of your... Your, uh, uh, so on Wednesdays, your rhetorical and literal uh, contributions to the podcast. On, on Wednesdays, he's driving on his way to the surgery center. Do we assume he does LASIK surgery, maybe? If he's a monocle dealer? Of course. I don't know. So, so he's on his way. Surgery. I, I'm glad that whatever surgery he's getting ready to uh, perform, that um, we're getting him in the right place for it. <laughs> but I, Rebecca, can you do me a favor? Can you say... This is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So you can interrupt me? Yes. This is hey, one check s- this out. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were talking. Okay. I, I like that concept. Great uh, interruptions in history. We should get on that. Uh, greetings from a completionist, writes Myra. I don't recall how I heard about the podcast, but I actually started listening to it from the very beginning as opposed to discovering it along the way and going back to catch up. I'd followed both of your individual careers for years and admired your accomplishments, so I knew the podcast would be right up my alley. So imagine my excitement when I became a resident expert, and it always makes my day when my emails are part of the podcast, especially when they prompt an amusing digression. On a completely different note, since the inequity between men's and women's sports has been a hot topic, I'd like to share some history of what it used to be like for an athletically inclined girl. I'm not really that old, and it was really not that long ago, but when I share what it was like, it seems like the Dark Ages. Isn't this true, Rebecca? Yes, let's hear it. I mean, it's just like when you're talking about waiting for a TV episode to come out. It seems like it was a 1,000 years ago. It does. And then it was only like 700 years ago. Someone brings up Yukon, Iowa. feels like forever ago. It was three weeks. Well, that's, that's, but that's was three weeks ago. I mean, I'm talking about these fundamental shifts in the culture. Uh, I was in high school when Title IX was enacted, but none of the benefits kicked in until right after I graduated. This is going to get kind of long, but it's really the tip of the iceberg and may be interesting for those who are not old enough to have experienced even more inequity than there is today. Parents didn't have to shuffle their daughters to practices and games. There were no organized girls' youth teams for sports such as volleyball, basketball, or softball, all of which we've had our kids playing this year. In junior high, we played basketball in gym class. There were six girls on a team, two in each half court, not allowed to cross to the other half, and two rovers who were allowed to play on the full court. Some of the logic explained to us was that that's how it's always been done, and most girls didn't have the stamina to play on the full court and weren't really interested in sports anyway. I mean, what was the logic of that? I know, it's how my mom played. Why? Because men were in charge. Why do you think? Of course. 
By high school, enough light had been shed to switch to a five-person team, but the school team was not interscholastic. I enjoyed your answer, by the way. It was called extramural, which meant that over the course of a season, we could only play other schools on three days. In order to get the most out of our three days, teams of the supposedly low-stamina girls would spend all morning and afternoon on a Saturday playing multiple games hour after hour. The gym teachers were our coaches. They did their best and did manage to get these long days organized, but as far as actual coaching goes, they didn't know any more than we did. There was no such thing as standings or postseason tournaments. The reasons given for this extramural status were that there was no additional money for girls. Taking money away from boys to pay for girls was certainly not an option, and girls getting so involved in sports was just not something that historically ever existed and was not taken seriously. You know, like when people wonder why, um, you know, this year the, the weight room controversy was was became such a big deal. It wasn't just because of the 2021 weight room controversy. It was because people have lived this. Myra has lived this. You know, no opportunities to play. Um, Tara Vanderveer was talking to us about when she was in high school and um, wanted to, and was a good tennis player and wanted to compete on the boys' tennis team. And um, they told her no because she was a girl, but they would bring it up at the next school board meeting in June when the tennis season was over. Like this is what women have dealt with for a long, long time. And it's why things, you know, like the weight room controversy this year touch such a raw nerve for so many women um, because they lived through it. And um, and it was wrong and it's becoming more right. But when you still have something that has that kind of inequity, it um, I, I've learned from talking to women of, of a different generation, it, it, the pain is still very real and raw. And um, anyway, well, I digress we, just, again. Uh, I'll, I'll finish here. We were provided, this is Myra, we were provided basketballs to use, but that's about it. We didn't have uniforms, not even t-shirts, and getting gym time to practice was a challenge. After school, there were boys who would come in while waiting for a bus and run around the gym and act squirrely to disrupt us. We were told they had as much right to the gym as we did, so we were not allowed to stop them. I know some school districts are a bit more enlightened than mine, but we were certainly not alone in our frustration. Oh, and there was no such thing as women's specific gear, even shoes. I was tired of my feet hurting from playing in inappropriate shoes, so my dad and brother surprised me with a pair of men's Adidas gazelles that I had been lusting after. I was the envy of my teammates. The shoe companies eventually started making athletic shoes for women, but the variety and quality didn't measure up with men's, and you better like pink and lavender. We have certainly come a long way, and we certainly still have a long way to go. I could go on, but this is already too long. I don't want to be responsible for shortening the time available for the always entertaining DGS. Thank you for allowing me to re recollect, inform, and vent. Myra, BNC resident, librarian, and completionist. Right, though? Absolutely right. Consider me, because it's an anagram, uh, part of the Myra army, okay? <laughs> that is an anagram. Yes. Um, and I'll just throw in, I think we need a separate name. I think we've got the completionists. I think there need, there needs to be a day one the, the completionist. The one, oh, the oh, people those who would be the charter listen, subscribers. Charter been, subscribers. Yes, charter subscribers. There you go. Still hear from people who were charter subscribers to Sports Illustrated. They got the first issue in August of 1954. Rebecca and Steve, writes Andy in Connecticut. I enjoyed Steve's recent tweet about a chicken enchilada brand boasting of two times the required amount of meat. One of his respondents did the deep dive to find that the USDA requires at least 15% meat or 10.5% poultry meat. Mm. Did you know that? No. Three things come to mind. Or poultry meat. Why is it permitted to use non-poultry meat and still call it a chicken enchilada? How can we have truth in advertising if the USDA is allowing this kind of standard? I, I, I do like my chicken enchilada to, to contain chicken, Rebecca. I do too. Secondly, at twice the minimum, that's still only 21% chicken or 30% non-poultry meat. And why can't it have more non-poultry meat than chicken? 
I haven't written since the single was released, but fabulous job by Tom Dick and Harry with Please Vaccinate Me, Rebecca. As always, I thoroughly enjoy your basketball in-game work and commentary. It's a long haul this year. Hang in there and please bring home some real food. Andy in Connecticut. I think Rebecca is one. Rebecca is the one responsible for having purchased the uh, chicken enchilada with I two was. times the required amount of, of, of poultry meat. I did not have any idea. Like, you can just throw in other meat and not label it. I'm well, not getting those anymore. <laughs> well, well, no, I, we, we we enjoyed them. So whatever the meat was, please get them. And and remember when I when I vowed that there would be more poetry on the show? Yeah. It turns out I meant poultry. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is uh, from uh, from uh, a couple of weeks ago now. DGS, Doctor Gary Siegel. I don't know if this this is deserves a uh, a, a full theme song or not. Of course, but, but he of course always he deserves. Well, it. of course, he always deserves it. I'm just saying I don't know if there's another one in it from from a following. Well, no, I don't know if you practice. can persuade me or convince me otherwise. Well. Dr. Gary Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca Steve, I've been super busy this past week and apologize for no report. I did, however, change our furnace filters. More next week. Best, Gary. And there's photographic evidence of the before and after of, of Dr. Gary Siegel's uh, Ooh, filters. They were filthy. One was filthy, and then the, the And then, clean. of course, the clean. I think I think this is the uh, this is the harmonic convergence of the Ball and Chain podcast. It's Dr. Gary Siegel changing his air filters. That is about as, right. as ball and chain as it gets. Right. Inside... Ball and chain. Uh, hi, Rostiva, writes uh, Jennifer. I don't know what other podcast the Russian family is into these days, but I wanted to share this interview with you. Dave is being interviewed by Al Franken, but he can't help himself and tries to interview Al as well. It's an hour with two gentlemen discussing what they find is funny. This is forwarding the, is Al, Franken podic- the Al Franken podcast and interview with David Letterman. I'd also like to recommend Take Line with Renee Montgomery and Jason Concepcion, which had its debut a couple of weeks ago. Part sports, part social activism, part gender observations, and part entertainment, plus some great guests. We truly enjoy your discussions on car maintenance, sports practices, and primary, secondary, tertiary pantries. My daughter is also freaked out by by Marty the Robot. And my husband strongly supports the 30-second shot clock for high school basketball. This is all right in our wheelhouse, Rebecca. Completely, yes. We think of your podcast as free family therapy because it reminds us to laugh and not sweat the small stuff, though I, too, rearrange the dishwasher after my husband loads it and have to search for some items after he empties it. Here on Happiness Lane, Happy Trails, Jen, Barbarito, parentheses, and Matt Vinny. Barbarito, but not Barbarino. Right, exactly. Uh, So uh, I will listen to that, David Letterman being interviewed by Al Franken on the Al Franken podcast. I think I'd enjoy that as well. Amy uh, Amy Beth writes, uh, A woman whose playlist is vast adores the Ball and Chain podcast. An episode never missed. A true completionist. Her played count is not to be surpassed. Count me in. Thanks for the joy you bring. Thank you, Amy. This is uh, headed Ball and Chain Completionist. So we've got another Ball and Chain Completionist, Rebecca. There's a lot of them out there. Well, there's, there's, uh, we may be hearing only from the, we may be hearing from all of them, but, but there are several. You're right. Uh, Christina in Queens, New York writes, Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I'm what you could consider an intermittent listener. This is a non-completionist. <laughs> but the episodes I do listen to tend to stick with me. One particular example was the disagreement of proper egg distribution, placing all eggs one side of the carton versus spreading them evenly to avoid tipping. I can't recall who was on which side of the argument. Uh, I do, uh, Christina. I'm the one who, who you pointed out to Rebecca. You convinced me. I, you convinced I me. I convinced you that, that spreading them out was the proper way. Uh, but my wife and I still joke about it. Our two-year-old niece, my sister and brother-in-law, came over today to color eggs for Easter, and as I placed them all back in the carton for transport to our Easter dinner tomorrow, I had to laugh as I thought of you both. 
One of you will be happy to know <clears throat> that I strategically spaced them for even weight distribution. I have attached a photo below for your enjoyment. Happy Easter to your family. Thank you for the podcast, and please continue to stay safe and well. Kind regards, Christina in Queens. We're uh, both happy because I, I came on came over to your side on that one. Yes, and, and this is a this is a great picture. This is uh oh, we have this bear. That is a, a stuffed bear. Liberty Bear with uh, sitting on colored Easter eggs, evenly distributed in the... Uh, you say distributed? Well, I, I, I messed up. I didn't it, know if you were doing that in the purpose. carton. Is that how you would say it if you were in London? Distributed? No, that, that would be a bit frustrating. P.S. Rebecca, we've been following the Women's NCAA tournament very closely and have enjoyed your coverage this year, but seeing as my wife has been a li lifelong Liberty fan, we especially look forward to the games that you cover. Oh, I should be able to cover li New York Liberty games again this year. In person? I hope so. At the Barclays Center, correct? At the Barclays Center, yeah. Uh, Colleen in Del Rio, Texas writes, uh, I have listened to all the podcasts most of the time every week, but if I have a road trip coming up, I'll save them for the trip. Your family needs to try out an app called Kitchen Wall to keep the grocery list that can be shared. Check it out. Are you familiar with this, Rose? Rebecca? Did mm, I call you Rose? You just called Rebecca. me Rose. Um, I'm not familiar with it. Tell me more. Well, there's nothing. I'm not telling you more. Right. She's I'll, saying check I'll it out. It but uh, uh, she, this is Colleen in Del Rio, Texas. It's not the middle of nowhere, but you can see it from here, she writes. Well, thank you for being a completionist. And uh, uh, let's see. Um, well, we've got a lot of mail. And, and should we save some of it for next week? I think we okay. should, yes. Um, uh, we'll read one more because, uh, because why not? So um, it comes from uh, uh, Jordan and Hillary and Maya and Ellie. And they write, Hi, Restiva. We recently relocated to Denver and have been enjoying the local park, which features among the several basketball courts, one with eight-foot-high rims, perfect for our seven-year-old to sharpen her craft and always full of exuberant elementary school kids not otherwise seen on the typical 10-foot rim public courts. I'm pleased to report that with your inspiration, we finally took up the cause of being new net angels yesterday. Uh, yesterday morning. Attached, you'll see our creative solutions for reaching the rims and the skepticism of the one-year-old about the entire production. Thanks for the inspiration. We went back later to get some shots up, and the kids were all enjoying the satisfying swish sound. Then, as importantly, not asking, did that go in, when a shot went through the rim but found the giant hole in the old fraying nets. We have rarely gotten as much satisfaction out of $14 of Target purchases. Thanks for setting a great examples, Jordan and Hillary and Maya and Ellie. And here are photographs of them installing the net, uh, standing on a uh, on a stroller. I hope the brakes are locked on that stroller. Oh, that's amazing. This, but, but isn't that a great feeling? Uh, it's spring. I think the rims are back up. I've still I've driven past some parks where the rims have still been removed. But most, uh, most parks, I think they're still there. They've removed the boards from over the rim, so they're letting kids. So perhaps we should go out and see if uh, if any need nets. And our net dealer is kind enough to keep us fully supplied with nets, so um, we should be able to do that. We should. Now's the time where we say goodbye. We're not going to do a Dr. Gary Siegel. Oh, oh! I'm sorry. Yeah, we we we. I mean, we did the short one, but that course, doesn't okay, count. Of course, we'll do a longer Dr. Gary Siegel. Well, I mean, we're a couple of weeks behind, so we've got a couple of Dr. Siegel reports. I, just I think I, one. He, he has sent us a report even even when we haven't done a podcast. So, that's how committed Dr. Siegel is. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Siegel. I hope this note finds you well and reunited after a very exciting finish to the women's final four. I'm sorry, UConn lost in the semifinals, but I had the opportunity to watch and listen to my favorite color announcer for the last eight minutes of the Arizona Stanford game. What a display of heart, hustle, strategy, and defense those eight minutes were. <laughs> Where was he the first okay. 32? I, I believe it was the most watched show that Sunday night in the more United States. More than American Idol. Yes, How about yes. that? I enjoyed every minute and hope to get a bit more regular in watching women's he basketball. He enjoyed every season. one of the eight minutes. And hope to get a bit more regular <laughs> in watching women's basketball next season. I'm glad he didn't say 
to get a bit more regular while watching women's right. basketball next season. We tend to have that effect as well. Yes. Um, okay. I, I hope you get a bit more regular as well, Dr. Siegel. Attached, please find a fun screenshot from my Twitter feed. In the feed, a sports fan is critical of Jeff Schultz, an Atlanta sports writer, calling him, quote, a dumb. Jeff replies that the author should have used a comma in his tweet, which is indeed correct. Friend of the podcast and, and infrequent guest, esteemed LA sports writer Sam Farmer, then chimes in via another Twitter, another tweet that Jeff is indeed dumb with Sam himself purposely punctuating his tweet incorrectly. Those ink-stained wretches are indeed a crazy lot. Rebecca, how do you live with, a, with an ink-stained wretch who doesn't change the filters, see prior email, or get the car's oil changed? It is a mystery. All the best. Gary with two R's. How do I live with him? I go and blow out two tires just to get my, tires, my car's oil changed. Dr. Siegel, I have persuaded her, though not yet convinced her, that living with me is the right thing to do. And on that note... Tom Dick Hari. Thank you, Denny. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pad Live in cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest It's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.